What's up, guys? Welcome to Desolation Radio. Dan and Nath. Hiya. How are you, Nath? Yeah, real good. You okay? Not bad. I got um, tailgated on the way here by a boy racer. Did you? And it's just going to... You know, he tried to remain calm. I remember, like, my dad used to get tailgated when I was younger and be in the car with him. And he'd be, like, smiling to slow down yeah. their journey, make sure they're late. But for me, I just get, you know, just get angry and angry and, like, having fantasies about just... Slam the brakes on or something. And just dragging out his car, beating him to death. Yeah, I always wanted to do something like that. Just Leave like, it on the side of the road. Or, like, throw their keys in a river. No, I wanted to, I've always wanted to do, like, you know, when uh, Goodfellas, when he just, like, he goes over the road, just pistol whips the dude. <laughs> Can't remember that bit. But the guy sort of, like, harasses his girlfriend, and Henry Hill goes over and just pistol whips him. Uh, I can only remember the bit where he's just... But like, you watch it at such impressionable yeah. age. You watch it at 15. Well, that's what then, adults are like. And then you think... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how you resolve conflict. Yeah, that's how you send a message to everyone. You don't use violence on the schoolyard. However, when you're growing up, it's a free for all. Someone tailgates you. Someone looks you wrong. Yeah, pistol whip him. Pistol whip him. And his girlfriend loved it as well. So yeah, it gets your respect <laughs> amongst your crew. Yeah. So that's what I fantasize about. Um, but I won't do it, even though you look like a little gimp. Okay, some topical things before we start. By the way, today we're going to be talking about Cardiff and culture. Uh, basically, like a part two. In it, of the gentrification thing, yeah, things we talked on. But first, some people have asked why we're called Desolation. Why Radio? Desolation? Because it's obviously quite a bleak name. The first reason is basically we were trying to be clever, so we were thinking about the fact that there's a lack of media in Wales, and then we thought about well, we we even googled it didn't we? like because I've got such a limited vocabulary, so we were thinking about other words for because it's a bleak situation. There's not much going on, and then desolation sort of emerged so that's the first reason because it's meant to be, it, it, because there's a void mm-hmm. it's a bleak landscape with nothing there so desolate second both nihilists at heart are we <laughs> we believe in that thing with yeah, Husky. yeah we, uh, because it's like it, it's it's like a nihilistic thing we believe in nothing we don't we actually believe in lots of things and third and the main reason really is because the long-term goal of desolation is to get you know bought out by a huge media conglomerate so Nathan and I can retire and get loads of money. And we thought the Desolation is like a cool hip name. For the so, kids. For the, the kids. kids. So into... uh, it kind of sounds like a hardcore record label. So when we get bought out by Vice, it can be, or anyone indeed, if you're listening, McDonald's, uh, Starbucks, or any of our benevolent yeah. global mega companies that want to buy us out and become hip. It's a hip thing, and big companies always want to co-opt H&M, if you want to... They always want to co-op youth culture. It's like Pepsi Max with, like, snowboarding. Do you remember? Like, what's up? Pepsi Max is, like, now associated with your youth culture. Whatever it is. I always find it funny as well. It's just, like, with... Like, I think it was Pepsi Max as well. Like, the just so actors. cool. Yeah, or they'd be doing something really athletic. Like, oh, I'm so thirsty. Let's just quench that thirst. Midway through the game. Sugar water. (laughs) Delicious. Yeah. Uh, what else? Okay, some new topical things because we're going to try to be more up to date with the news, I guess, as opposed to doing our own pet we're topics. Like we're going to start following the news now. <laughs> okay, number one, which is uh, speaks to the things we've already talked about. Wales in the independent. Wales ranked the worst country in the UK for quality of life. We could. That's well, not news, is it? That's not news. <laughs> yeah. News to some. News to some. Yeah. Like, People in Wales have the worst quality of life in the UK, according to a European study measuring the factors that shape Britain's lives. Scotland took top spot. They're just really pulling out ahead, aren't they? Well, they're, they're worse than Wales. No, they're number one. Oh, right. So it's ranked into it's it's based on loads of things, but um, basically we are the worst. 
what I think is funny is that I think some people in Wales, just like when we spoke about Cardiff, some people are like, stop focusing on the negative. <laughs> <laughs> think about all the positives. And desolation news. But, um, you know, there's so many, th- I mean, stop thinking about the terrible aspects of capitalism, think about the good things. Yeah, um, just ignore the rest. Uh, okay, so that's just further evidence that, you know, we need to do something about Wales, about the Welsh economy, about the, the, where we're heading, and we need to start getting a bit, you know, angrier about things like that. And being, I don't know, maybe less sensitive to... Nobody talks about my country like that. Yeah. People are pointing out legitimate don't things. Don't discard it. These are, object, these are objective <laughs> facts. You know, it's not like, oh, that's just your opinion, man. Subjectively, poverty's high. Yeah. Uh, okay, what else? What, what was the other news bit we had? Um, uh, on the kind of opposite of that, North Wales was ranked... Conversely, by, yeah, paradoxically. Yeah, was uh, ranked a top destination by Lonely Planet Guide. <sighs> Which is which is no, it's like fantastic. A, I mean, you know, North Wales, trampolines and caves and stuff. Like North that. Wales is most like one of the most scenic places in the world, I would say. But it's going to be interesting to see all these Americans and anyone that listens to it sort of uh, get accommodation in Rill and Prestatyn. That's going to be Kids, funny. Like you know, oh, I still gap here in Wales. Yeah, I was just like, oh, it should be funny. Uh, so, but, but you know, not the same thing as North Wales. And that's fantastic. No, we love, we love North Wales. Were there any? Is there any other topical things? Uh, Are there any other topical things? What's happening? No, no. Basically, we continue in uh, the UK is continuing to sort of plunge into the void, and that's going to be the ongoing story for um, forever for the foreseeable future, right? So today we're going to be talking about Cardiff and culture. Let's rewind back to February. Yeah, we're rewinding back to February. Cardiff Council basically passed a budget, which kind of included as a footnote. By the way, we're cutting seven hundred thousand pounds from art, the arts. Just slip it in. No one will notice. So this is a new budget. By the way, uh, we're going to shut down a lot of libraries. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs books and things like that? So they tried to sneak We've this... We've all got Kindles. They tried to sneak this budget in. Basically, gonna, it's obviously 700000 cut from the budget, which, you know, we're in a time of austerity. Money is tight. And people are going to start trying to make savings. And what could be more pointless than li- what could be more pointless than libraries and art and things like that? So rightly, people kicked off. So what happened is um, a big group formed... Cardiff Without Culture, they marched on City Hall, hopefully like holding books. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and basically what they did, they they kicked up enough fuss that the Cardiff Council backed down. They were forced, they were embarrassed into saying, "Well, we're not going to cut it from libraries, things like that." So, firstly, congratulations to the people that organised that protest. It yeah, shows well that direct action protesting works. Uh, it shows that social media is a good. A way of getting people together so i think it's a it was a, a fantastic victory for the city in terms of reversing these cuts what they then did money's got to come from somewhere yeah, the money's got to be cut from somewhere so they were like well what could be if that's controversial cut money from the it arts be less controversial. so they had tried to cut it from children's play centers <laughs> which is like a classically evil cut that's like a film type yeah like villain, villain yeah spot, people campaigning against you know it's like bad news children you and know, all, uh, all the, like the soccer mums have to kind of rally yeah, they, around yeah they rally it. around it so what happened then was the kids protested it's yeah. good to have a sort of core of militant children in Cardiff in fact we're right that's what momentum we're going for when they when their childcare is just gonna yeah. get little tots trots yeah it's a good idea I think that but so the kids rightly protested council back down again looking again for a new place to make cuts they're now trying to cut leisure centres and privatise leisure centres in Cardiff as a way of, you know, who needs exercise? Yeah, I don't. While we've got a crisis in the NHS, why do you need to cut 
preventative things like uh, leisure centres. When you've got Cardiff as just like a drip, drinking capital of Wales. Yeah, yeah, well, I get rid of all any all the leisure centres because, you know, everyone can afford yeah. really private gym membership. Yeah. So anyway. I've got five. So they were trying... So they were trying... You are an absolute Madonna. So they were <laughs> trying to... They're trying to cut that. GMB Union has sort of rightly kicked off about this and has said, you know... Apparently, relations between the union and Cardiff Council, which is a Labour-run council, are at an all-time low about these proposals to try to cut uh, privatised leisure services away of uh, saving money. Okay, that's well and good, but here's a sort of tip to GMB. Maybe don't campaign exclusively for accounts for a Labour council that you know full well is going to be making cuts. I mean, you've either got to be... Well, no offence, my sister, you're in GMB, but if you're in the leadership, you've either got to be naive... To not think they're going to make cuts, or stupid, to campaign for. I mean, because Labour councils have been cutting things everywhere. They've been in London. They've been doing it. They've been they're enthralled to gentrify, uh, gentrify sort of big private house builders. In Cardiff, they've been implementing the bedroom tax, evicting people. So don't act surprised. Maybe next time, campaign for independence or try to hold them to account instead of campaign uncritically. So let's go back to this idea of arts and culture. We're in a neoliberal times the axe is going to be falling on cities cities going to be have, having to make cuts why do you think that people are trying to make these cuts to libraries what you know and arts and things like that what is it that makes council leaders think that people don't care about these things i think with stuff like arts is that it's not seen as an essential aspect to a city or you know a country you know because that's that's always the first thing it gets cuts isn't it art and um, yeah. libraries yeah but yeah, but what? So do you think there's a perception in it's something that's superfluous? It doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's superfluous to you know, everyday existence. Capital. Yeah. yeah, I think things that art is hard to monetize. Mm. People think it's hard to you know, commercialize. It's hard to make money off of art. It, it depends with art being monetized. It it is at a certain level. It's hard to start off. But like, so you have you know people like Damien Hirst who come from money. The art they make is simply just like it's gordon crap. But but, but art art like think you know culture like museums. The museum in Cardiff are free. The art galleries, a lot of art galleries are free. That in itself, the fact that it's, I think it's almost going to be seen by people in power and people in the council as like, oh, you know, that's for free. You know, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't bring us in any money. Things like that. And I also think in Wales in particular, there might be an assumption that art is somehow bourgeois, like preserve of the middle classes, things like that culture libraries which is ironic considering that if you go back to the 30s you've got miners welfare you know miners libraries in the valleys where people you know miners like devoured books and there was this incredible thirst for knowledge and the need for libraries libraries now as well you know um for working class areas uh big hubs absolutely yeah they provide loads of different services yeah and everyone's got a computer and some people just like chilling in the library yeah and it's also important to note so i think you know when we think about art Often when you see policy documents, uh, people defend art in terms of almost like a utilitarian way. Like if you have arts in the city, then more tourists will come in and it'll make money. But that's not the way you need to defend art and culture, I think. I mean, I think it, it, it needs to be described as an inherent good. It's something that is just good for everyone. I think that's the, the, the almost defense of everything, isn't it? That if you can get to it, that it just makes money or you can make money off it, yeah. then that's in a sense makes it, it makes it valuable yeah it then like speaks for itself but what you know the reality is that arts 
and when we say arts we don't just mean you know we don't mean painting we mean dance classes drawing uh, music classes things like graffiti, that graffiti I think people are starting to come around to graffiti like, as a bit like Banksy ba- oh, I hate Banksy <laughs> he's just the worst uh, so things like that um, and when you see these community arts groups right you have arts and dance and music that help some of the most deprived you, you, you help people with uh, learning disabilities people with physical disabilities you help people with art disabilities <laughs> yeah people aren't very good at art <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have it's a way of bringing in for example people who may be marginalised people getting kids who are out out the system in so my yeah, ex-girlfriend used to be well is a dance teacher and used to do fantastic things with dance in the community which helped people with learning disabilities and they would go into old people's homes and things like that and get them dancing and make them mobile mm-hmm. and it was just the most moving thing so they do like they'd have like a, a show at the end of the year where they'd learn these they've learned these dance uh, dance moves and this routine and you'd have like a whole all their carers like their family out and you have these people you know these amazing people on stage being they've been coached and obviously it's very hard for them physically and mentally to sort of comprehend some of the routines but they would do it and the main thing is, is at the end of it they'd get a massive standing around of a a stand ovation a huge round of applause from their family and friends and carers and you could just see like their hearts were like bursting with pride and it was mm. that would have been probably the best like that that'll be something that will have stayed with them and stayed with their family forever because they were so proud but it, people don't see that element of, of art so no. when you make a cut when a counsellor will say oh what's the point in that community dance group you know when you sign away that and say by the way we're not funding you anymore we're not giving you like this thousand pounds you're taking away these things from these people. Lifelines in some ways. Absolutely. These things yeah. are absolutely precious to people. And, and and people don't see the human side of like, oh, it's a budget. Mm. Okay, well, a budget isn't just, oh, we save money here, we save money here. It's you're taking away things like that from people that need help. They need these things in their lives, basically. Yeah. And what I think is particularly worrying about it is that they're throwing money at they're throwing money at the chief executives. They throw money at consultants. They throw money at you know the Welsh government absolutely throws money at parasitic companies that come in for foreign direct investment in Wales. But yet they haven't got money for this. There's always money for something. There's always money for rugby matches. Yeah. There's always money for Glamour, you know Cardiff Council bailed out Glamorgan Cricket Club. There's money for them. Why isn't there money for community centres? Why isn't there money for community dance classes? Why aren't there money for community music initiatives and so on and so forth how about I mean how could we sort this out I mean, is there a way of fixing it I mean we've seen that people protested protest works yeah like you said before like that money has to come out of somewhere and it would be a cut to a public service regardless <laughs> yeah but, but you know how about I'm not, I'm not defending it in any way but I'm just saying you monster I know hey art <laughs> <laughs> is it because you're not very good at it it is, yeah, and uh, like as you were saying before, you know, it provides like a kind of release for some people and mm. makes like elevates their lives, um, make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. But when your art is so bad, you just feel worse. So it just makes you feel bad. Yeah, it's just like a really circular, just like plummeting slowly <laughs> with each each bad drawing and each poor painting I do. It's always funny, yeah. So you you think that someone that's like really depressed, like you know, if, if you're like really miserable, mm. and they're like Nathan, don't well. And you think because it's in like the Hollywood version, you'd be an incredible artist. Yeah. But in fact, you're, you're just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. And the tutor's like, "Wow, this kid. Let's see this kid has potential." Yeah. Why am I saying? Oh. Get out of my studio. Um, just 
Yeah. Bright, like, terrible colours, like brown. <laughs> brown and black. Yeah, like... I painted the sea. Yeah, <laughs> you're just, like, you're just, completely wrong. Just terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's that aspect of romanticising mental illness with art as well. Yeah, oh, that's, and, tr- and, that's and, true, yeah. Well, actually, to make a legitimate point, you know, you do have, like, art therapy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so there's a callback what you were saying before. But, like... Like the guy in fascia that used to paint things, like, black. Black! Black! <laughs> but I, there's, I think, like, a separate note. There's that aspect of romanticising mental health within art. Yeah, or terms tortured of, artists. Yeah, like Van Gogh. Cut his ear off, man. He had severe issues. Um, and in Cardiff, in Cardiff uh, Museum as well, they've got loads of art at the top. And they've got a Van Gogh painting, and like it looks like it's maybe raining, mm. but it's like really slashed. And what I kind of find annoying about art galleries is you walk around, and then there's that little like paragraph next to it basically telling you what to think about the painting is mm. well that's kind of rubbish i make my own choice but it, yeah this so it little, should be open to interpretation or yeah with this little one it was just like oh and you can really see that you know his anguish came out in the slashes that came out could and then could have just know, been actually heavy rain man it could have been he could have just like cut it because he didn't like it that much yeah but then you know you, you become that level or you have that idea put upon you and then everything gets seen through that context yeah van gogh had like mental health problems therefore all his paintings yeah. obviously speak to some dark part of his soul do you remember that episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia when they're trying to get um charlie as an artist but he's kind of trying to make his work more legitimate because his life's so bad oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway so there's this uh, a sociologist in america called eric olin wright okay and eric olin wright i kind of identify with him a lot because he used to be a, well he was an analytical marxist one of the new wave of marxists and basically, what seems to have happened to him, he's basically just given up in tra- transforming society because capitalism is so entrenched. So he's basically what he doesn't really acknowledge this, but he's internalized a lot of anarchist ideas. So what he's basically said is like, if we can't stop capitalism, he says, how can we fight back and create utopian ideas in on the local level? And one of the ideas he puts, which might be relevant to Carter, he says about if you're setting a budget. You know, you need to have a participatory budget. You need to have public meetings. You need to get people's opinions. You can't... Well, people talk about democracy. Like, okay, we voted for this councillor. So he's now got free reign to make these decisions for you. Cut all our funding. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, people vote for someone. They don't vote for... They're not voting for him to do that. That's something that... You know, that's the problem with our perception of democracy. You need a participatory budget, especially things like this, especially in a a capital city. Capital city as well tries to pride itself as you know in terms of being a tourist attraction it's quite funny um in the new shopping center in st david's too at the end there was like um two pictures trying to depict or like images trying to depict things that made cardiff cardiff and it was just like the most random stuff like chippy lane you're like yeah that's you really want to you know put chippy lane on like a cultural level and there's billy the seal Billy the Seal was a seal in... The Navy Seals. Victoria, yeah. And they just basically put him in Victoria Park. Or was it Thompson's Park in Canton? And made him do military exercises. <laughs> like, do push-ups until he died. And that is a dark part of... Yes, sir, sir, yes, sir. Get down, <laughs> Seal. And um, and that's the story of Billy Seal. But... He, he, was, he was someone who had severe post-traumatic seal stress. Yeah. And then they just... Pushed them, pushed them till he broke. And Mark Wahlberg predictably got involved in this campaign to save him because Mark Wahlberg is a sort of a military fetishist and has starred in enough Navy SEAL films that I'm sure he sort of like 
He thinks she is one. Anyway, um, he's looking to play uh, Peter the Seal, isn't he? In the upcoming biopic. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Okay, another example of sort of the the nature of Cardiff and culture would be the Coal Exchange. So Cardiff Coal Exchange, one of Wales's most iconic buildings, as you said in one of the previous episodes, I believe, where world's first million pound check, check was cut um, and lost, plays a huge role in played a huge role in the development of South Wales as an industrial hub the way it's you know where it's located by in butte town down the bay makes it extremely iconic i mean it used to be a fantastic venue for gigs but of late no one really know i mean there's been a campaign to save the coal exchange because it's sort of fallen into disrepair again the council have said we haven't got money to repair it, we haven't got money to sustain it and so there's been a campaign to save it because there was a threat of it being knocked down and for years people have been wondering what are we going to do with the coal exchange instinctively like i would have assumed in my head well we can turn it into a community center mm. or a venue like an all-purpose venue in what that would serve the historic butte town community that would celebrate the Diversity. diverse heritage of, mm. of butte town we could have it uh it could double as a gig venue because cardiff you know there's not much live music in cardiff these days i mean since this motorsport arena got since the cia rather got turned into the motorsport arena not many bands come to cardiff sadly it would be a fantastic. It's a fantastic potential. But guess, you know, guess what? It's, guess what? It's changed. It's going to be changed into space station. A space station. How do you guess? <laughs> how do you guess that? That's exactly what it is. Okay. So basically, what's happening? Cardiff Council is turning it in uh, as, as people have obviously tried to bid for the to take over the coal exchange, and Cardiff Council have given it to a hotel developer that is going to turn it into a hotel. But it's not just any hotel. It's a hotel which specifically caters for stag and Hindus that other cities won't take. So it's sort of like, if you had to pick the worst, the worst, I mean, that, that wouldn't be on your radar if you were thinking how to develop it. How to develop this historic site? Let's turn it into the scummiest hotel in the world. The company director was banned from, of this hotel company, was banned from being a company director for eight years. So he's got a long track record of yeah. you know, being legit. He's from Liverpool. The leader of Cardiff Council is from Liverpool. Uh, um, you you suspecting a bit of foul play? Oh, there's a conspiracy theorist. I don't know maybe it's just a coincidence. Mm. Anyway, so there's a campaign to save block this, and I'm looking at their webpage now, which is fantastic. It says we need to fight to protect the historic integrity of a national icon. Any building in any city could become a home for this proposal. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, can just have a new build. There's plenty of new builds got up in Cardiff. <laughs> exactly. Hey. um... Imagine that in any other city. Imagine, imagine, try to imagine that in any other city, any other city, in any other country in the world, where people aren't so enthralled to your know, money being pumped in, where they haven't got this narrative of like jobs. We need jobs. Mm. Um, I mean, other develop, other developments can bring jobs and better quality jobs than the hospitality industry. You know, no offense, I've worked in it for ten years. These are insecure, non-unionized, minimum wage jobs. Development. What are the chances of using local? Business, local construction agencies to develop oh, it yeah, extremely yeah. low they'll obviously normally bring in contractors from elsewhere that they probably favour Signature Living okay this is the company they have little interest this is what the campaign says this is all that you know, allegation they have little interest or experience in renovating a building of this significance and will strip it of its character most of the jobs it creates will be minimum wage zero hour contracts its financial methods leave it vulnerable to collapse and there's a real risk that the coal exchange could be left in a far worse state than it is now. So Stephen Doty, one of the Cardiff MPs, has, has, to be fair to me, has raised this, raised concerns with it. 
says it's short term. He says Cardiff councillors say it basically implying that the coal exchange is derelict mm. and you know is is you can't do anything with it when it's not. I mean, I watched Van Morrison in there. Did you? Yeah, uh, you know, only about three or four years ago, and it was fantastic. It was you know it, the it was amazing inside, but all of a sudden now it's it's fallen down. It's unsafe. But um, it's good enough for Van Morrison. Van Morrison like literally lived up to every stereotype about him being a a, a diva. So instead of saying anything to the crowd, he stood there. A man came on and says, Van Morrison will now sing this. Because, you know, can't be bothered wasting my breath talking to the crowd. No. And then there was a timer on the side of the thing, which is going down. When it hit zero, he's like, just walked off stage. He's like, ah, oh, thanks, buddy. How much did you pay to see that? Uh, I don't know, my parents paid for it. Oh, that's all right. Then. That's silver brat. lining to see Van uh, Morrison. It was fantastic. His voice is ridiculous. Okay, so this is what we've got to think about. I mean, imagine, I can't imagine, like, somewhere in Scotland or Ireland or, or, or London... Hey, St Paul's Cathedral is. Should we turn it to Travel Lodge? Yeah. Should we let JD Weatherspoons take over the contract? But that's something that oh, is. Let's make a really good Greg. That's something now that is completely feasible in Cardiff because of the lack of respect we have for heritage. It's not just Cardiff. In Newport, Newport City Council, also Labour Council, well done Labour again, tore down the Chartist mural. Really? Yeah, so there's a mural of the Chartist in Newport and everyone's campaigning to save it. They're like, oh, what, why do you need that? You know, let's get, let's get a Greg's now, let's get a Sub. Yeah, ripped it down. And it's absolutely, it's short-termist thinking. I mean, how is that going to, how is that, is that going to become signature living? Is that going to become a new focal point of the city? How does this city have an identity then if you're just eradicating it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what I hope now, almost, I hope that they make the colour exchange as gaudy as possible. You know, that like, turn it, paint it bright red, you know, and they have, you know, van loads of criminals on stag dues and people coming down. Because... You know, if we if it goes through, that's what we deserve. Mm. I mean, I'd be interested to look at I mean, Freedom of Information Act. What happened in the tendering process? That you know, for that, what were the other options? Why didn't they consider other you know cultural options? Why isn't it being considered as a Butte Town cultural hub? What I mean, it's the opposite. It's <laughs> there are other things that I disagreed that were in the pipeline. There were ideas before. There was a conference center, and I thought, well, that's a bit corporate and rubbish. Mm. This is like the worst possible thing. The least cultural thing. You, that If you had to think of the least cultural thing in the world, you'd think of stag and hendus. <laughs> yeah, but not just stag and hendus. Stag and hendus that are a bit risky, that are, no one else will take. The opposite of culture, the opposite of art, and the opposite of community. Fantastic news. Well done. Thanks, Cardiff. Well, thanks, Phil Bale. Nice one. So, basically, if you've got anything to say about that, if you know anything about it, uh, just get in touch with us, and we'll have a rant about it together. What else? Let's talk about Roald Dahl. We will. The supposed anti-Semite. Although I've read things um, to contradict that as well. What is it with people of that generation? Like, oh well, it's just... You think you've got a solid and controversial hero. Yeah. And then diaries will be unearthed. And they're just rabidly anti-Semitic. Like, why? It's just the glue that bonded everyone together back then. It was obviously just such a normal take-for-granted <laughs> thing. That people just used to talk about in the around the dinner table back then. So, anyway, the reason... When we were doing, when we were doing the, the first version of this, I asked Nathan to talk about Roald Dahl, and he went a big rant about Roald Dahl, not realising that the reason I talked about Roald Dahl is because Cardiff had just done a big... Yeah. <laughs> Cardiff had just done a big... Has ha- Cardiff has just... Ha- we've been talking about culture and the fact that the city maybe doesn't celebrate its culture and heritage, but they did have a big Roald Dahl festival the other day. They did, I originally I thought that maybe Roald Dahl was born in Norway and moved here, but he was born in Wales. 
but culture, culturally, you know, he identified more with being Norwegian, it seemed, as in his books, and uh, he lived, lived 100 miles under the Norwegian church beneath the surface. Oh, was, uh, <laughs> he lived in the ground. He did, yeah. Uh, is that where he's buried, in a crypt? And is he with buried his, with his anti-Semitic uh, diaries and? <laughs> yeah, I think he just got buried beneath them. Are there, so have, many, have any of Roald Dahl's books got a particularly Welsh angle? I don't think so. Nothing particularly. So, did you go to? Did you see any of the Roald Dahl? The what was it called? The Secret City, the Roald Dahl big celebrations. Um, it looked like it looked it was, incredibly packed. Yeah, I saw like images online, and it looked you know they'd have like a giant peach and like a few people dressed people up. went crazy for it ah yeah get to roll doll what's interesting as well we've criticised Cardiff Council in the past for being obsessed with events this is like a good you know it's a, it, it's almost you know you, do you ever see that Microsoft dude and he was just on stage and he's going crazy like developers 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 and everyone's clapping he's trying to get them going like a sort of Steve Jobs but that's what Cardiff Council like with events and the events 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 uh, dad, um, dad, I did this painting. Get out. <laughs> Go back to the childcare we're not funding. Yeah. But they, so they did this event for Roald Dahl because it's almost like it, it kind of coalesced. You've got an arts thing. So someone said like, hey, maybe we should start celebrating Roald Dahl. And obviously someone in the car council like, well, can we do a massive, huge event that shuts down the city? And I'm sure the person was like, well, that's not probably what we had in mind. We probably just had like, maybe have the museum exhibitions. But um, that's an example of a good event. Yeah, 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 definitely. People like getting like pounced upon by giant cannibalistic peaches and things like that. But what is it? It's ironic that, you know, Cardiff Council have taken, you know, celebrating a literary figure like that, you know, at the same time they want to shut libraries. So Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but what what is weird, we talk about events, they'll have a massive thing like that, which is a one-off, yeah? Mm-hmm. But why not just, you know, why not have like... Rolled all things around the city permanently. Why not have a literature festival? Why not have a regular book festival? Something that doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be massively physical. It doesn't have to be, you know, a huge. Why not, yeah, why not have a book festival? Other things. One of my favorite books in the world is Ashton Young Man's Sleeve, which was written by uh, Danny Abzi, who was a poet from Cardiff. He was a Jewish poet, and it's an incredible portrayal of Cardiff life in the thirties, of Jewish life in Cardiff in the thirties, and it'd be fantastic to see other examples of you know literature from Cardiff just being. Celebrate not just on one-off events, but just on day, in in the day to day. Raymond Williams. Yeah, every week we'll every we'll week. campaign until, for Raymond Williams until it happens. Until there's a statue erected, Raymond Williams in centre card. We will not rest. And Robocop. By God, I swear by the on this on this is it the Creed? I, I, that's our Creed. Yeah, that you is know, our Creed. You know when um, in Robin Hood, men, uh, Prince of Thieves, when he cuts his hand and swears to avenge. It's your uncle his was in Prince of Thieves. Was he? He was an extra, yeah. No way, that's class. Although when I was, was younger... Was one of the ones wearing jeans? Yeah. Oh, no, that's Gladiator. <laughs> no, when I was younger as well, I got confused when I was told that. And I was like, I was like, oh, my uncle was in Prince of Thieves. And like, as well, I was like, oh... Uh, my uncle okay. Kevin Costner was yeah, in... No, I was like, I think he was the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, yeah I'm, like, not sure. I'm not fairly sure. I, I'm not really sure, but my uncle is Alan Rickman. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best bad films of all time, that. It's really good. Morgan Freeman's in it. Super well. enjoyable. And we noticed, right? They swim the channel... They swore out. No, that's that's Provident Prince of the uh, Men in Tights. I was confused like this. Story but like this, <laughs> when they land in England, Morgan Freeman is about to kill himself as like I think a sacrifice because women in the Holy Land are so hot. Wow, really? That's that's quite orientalist, isn't it? it is, well, of course it is, that's... but but also respect for him. Mm. You know, 
loves loves, <laughs> women, loves that women that much. Yeah, I kill he wants myself to take himself off the face short, of the that earth. That short term is thinking. Robin Hood Tights, if you haven't seen it, is probably the greatest spoof of all time. Phenomenal. Dave Chappelle, isn't it? It's just outstanding. It's anyway. Dave Chappelle, isn't it? Yeah, Chappelle, isn't it? He wants the wears his, his cap on backwards like, <laughs> when he's like, watch my back. And he goes, your back just got punched twice. Anyway, <laughs> we talked about the color change. We've talked about Roald Dahl. Talk about Men Tights. We've talked about the protests. We've talked about art. We'll talk about food. One of the things we talked about in the, the episode about Cardiff and gentrification was how food is rapidly becoming a symbol almost like a front in the war on gentrification, you know, pop-up burgers, all these uh, places like that. Cardiff is, has been seen to be like a foodie city. We've got the street food circus, we've got the depot. I read Buzz magazine the other day, which I think is absolutely fantastic, and Buzz basically said that Cardiff's a foodie city, and it listed all these amazing new places to eat, things like that. A lot of, I mean, again, I bang on about this, it has to be said, a lot of these are chains. So for the first, I think there's a question... Can being a foodie city ever compensate for being a city which has no libraries, which doesn't have any live music, which doesn't have any community centered art? Endless stag dues. Um, you know, is, isn't that just you know? Is food culture? You know, is that really culture? And what? And second, what's interesting is that Jay Rayner, the Guardian food critic, yeah. sort of has basically been set came to Cardiff and reviewed a restaurant. Has basically been saying what I've been saying for ages that Cardiff, for a capital city, is actually not very well served for restaurants at all he basically said it's a bit can't a bit of hot water he for that, did didn't he? and was like nobody talks about my city like that nobody but he was just pointing out that you know it's a capital city we can't think of it as this almost a small mindset of like oh we've got this new chain it's got a shake shack it's Yay. amazing yeah okay well who cares you know it's a capital it's a capital city is it good enough for example that St. David's the one in town has like tribute bands it's you know other other capital cities in the world have That's their, a metaphor have, for Cardiff, have the real bands have, have the real bands Cardiff has you know trade bands guys if you listen when was the, what was the last gig you went to in Cardiff you know what do you think of the music scene in Cardiff so this idea of Cardiff is a, I mean firstly the idea the concept of the word foodie is like the guardian word in the world isn't it like, yeah it's horrible I'm a foodie <laughs> just beat him up like beat you know, the food out of them bourgeois pig. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we have to think, I mean, people get, you know, firstly, gentrified food, like burgers and things like that, it makes you fat. Mm -hmm. And would you rather have guns or butter? You know, (laughs) guns or butter? That was the thing inside the, uh, one of the Prodigy albums I had when I was younger, and I'm fairly sure it comes from Hitler. But he says, preparedness makes us powerful, butter merely makes us fat. So do we want to be a strong, proud, cultured Depends what circumstance you're in. Prepared city, or do we want to be a fat, gentrified city with chain burger joints and no music? Is is it wide to echo Hitler's words? Uh, (laughs) Probably not. The next, um, I'm going to be a best man again soon, and I've been thinking about opening it, um, (laughs) opening the the best man speech with like some like rousing sort of fascist rhetoric, (laughs) like blood alone moves the wheels of history, or as Hitler once said. Yeah. Um, I probably won't but I mean if you start off with like more obscure fascists yeah well Mussolini Franco Pinochet I reckon you could be like the great Pinochet once said ram them all up in stadiums and just execute them which is why well, I wouldn't say that would I but I just start it with as Pinochet once said oh as yeah as a great man once said and then <laughs> put it in I won't do that obviously I abhor fascism but I think it's quite funny and I wedding. love butter I love butter yeah so Nathan, is there anything we haven't covered about culture? I think we've done pretty well. We've done okay, we've done pretty well. 
guys, again, if there's anything you need to, we've missed, which, well, of course we have, uh, about the city. I've been trying to tweet like this Cardiff City of Culture, the campaign, that we've given a shout out today, you know, well done, guys. Like yeah, Cardiff congrats. Culture. Please, please tweet me back. Because yeah. we've been talking about the stuff, you know, that you've been campaigning about. So, you know, get us back. Nate, any shout outs? Uh, I was thinking I might give a shout out, late shout out to Billy the Seal. Billy the Navy Seal. Ah, Billy the Navy Seal. Yeah. Rest in peace, bro. Rest in peace. Um, Leader of the Free Wells Army. Billy the Seal, uh, rest in peace. i got to do a shout out. Firstly to Aaron, who follows us on Twitter, and Aaron started making us at Tumblr, so thank you so much. Oh, really, thanks so much. That's that's amazing. It's really kind of you. People have been like, messaging us, giving us tips, uh, had a lot of abuse. Have we? No. Oh. Um, Physical abuse. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to my uh, homie Graham. Um, What's he I, done this week? Well, I forgot. Well, basically it was last week and I forgot to mention it. So basically Graham went on a date last weekend to Swansea and I said, well, what are you doing on the date? And he said, I'm just going to go drinking. And I said, well, not like a meal in a restaurant, just go for a drink in a piss place. He's like, no, I'm going for a pub crawl. So the worst thing, you know, what was the worst thing that could happen on a date? Uh, he got in like a punch-up <laughs> with a random dude, got kicked out of the bar. Obviously the girl doesn't want anything to do with him. Rings my friend at like, one in the morning, I was like, so my mate had to drive to Swansea and pick him up, take him up to Cardiff. So, didn't have a good time. Uh, the girl, you know, obviously things didn't work out because it's not a good impression. Not a good first impression if the guy on the date. Just... It may it may have been a good impression back in the day. Oh yeah, like, like oh you're so manly. Yeah, you just, look how much she's drunk and look how many people he's fought. And then that's like the grounds for marriage. The thing is, then, in my it? head, that is still a cool thing to do, <laughs> and that is still a way of impressing someone. So I was quite shocked when. Yeah, you know, he was like, she didn't, like she didn't like it. I was like, what? <laughs> so shout out to Graham. Bad luck next time, man. We'll we'll go out soon, and um, I think I'm gonna mentor him in and the ways of the world. Drinking and fighting. No, certainly not that. But maybe in um in dating. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks so uh, much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Tell a friend. Hey, uh, y- you doing okay? I kind of know how you feel, Summer. No, you don't. You're the little brother. You're not the cause of your parents' misery. You're just a symptom of it. Can I show you something? Morty, no offense, but a drawing of me you made when you were eight isn't going to make me feel like less of an accident. That out there? That's my grave. Wait, what? On one of our adventures, Rick and I basically destroyed the whole world. So we bailed on that reality, and we came to this one. Because in this one, the world wasn't destroyed. And in this one, we were dead. So we came here, and and, and we buried ourselves, and we took their place. And every morning, Summer, I eat breakfast 20 yards away from my own rotting corpse. So... You're not my brother? I'm better than your brother. I'm a version of your brother you can trust when he says don't run. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's gonna die. Come watch TV.